0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Well, amen. If you would uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 27 tonight, and uh, what a joy it is to be in God's house, be with God's people, be able to sing the songs of the faith, and uh, what a great day this morning be able to hear our pastor preach uh, the Word of God. I think I've been listening to him since I was 13 years old, and uh, I've had enough of (laughs) him. So I asked him to step aside tonight. I'm just kidding about that. But I do appreciate the opportunity uh, to be able to share God's Word. Um, As far as a lot of love is concerned, our family wrote a check for a million dollars and that's just going to bounce right off this roof. Um, but we, we are looking to participate more in church and be more involved as we get adjusted and acclimated here. And so uh, Psalm 27, I want to ask you a question. And uh, I know you've been through this. Maybe if you're a young person, you've not experienced this. Have you ever been put on hold Being put on hold is very frustrating. You know what I'm talking about. When you're on that phone call and you're trying to resolve an issue, you're trying to come to a conclusion, and you're put on hold. And uh, during that time, uh, you have been intentionally delayed. Uh, During that time, you get a chance to listen to uh, smooth jazz or elevator music right? You have the music that's playing uh, in the background, and so you wait, and you wait, you wait some more, and you listen to that music. And then there comes a time when you think you made progress. Somebody uh, picks up the line, and you're transferred to another department. (laughs) Have you been there? I think we have, and we're tired of it so I just wanted to air out my grievances tonight. <laughs> but you know, you find your flesh uh, winning over the spirit, and you begin to turn into the Incredible hawk on the other side of the line. Your flesh gets the best of you. The worst is when you're dealing with AI, artificial intelligence, and you feel like you're talking to an individual, and you get two or three sentences in and you realize this is just a computer and this is not a real human being. And they might say this, they might say all other agents are busy. And they might ask you, would you like a callback? That's the frustrating moments when you're being put on hold. We've all experienced it and so the waiting continues and our expectation is not I think about this, I think about sometimes it's frustrating understanding an infinite God. That His ways are higher than our ways, right? His knowledge is supreme and we don't always get to His level. Now I'm thankful for prophecy, God revealing history in advance to us. We see what's unfolding in the Middle East and it's just a reminder that his soon return, uh, is just a little bit closer. And so it's sad to see what Hamas, that terrorist organization, is doing. It's sad to see those people uprooted from their home. But they belong to God. And God uh, will answer. And God will come through. God is faithful. And so his plan is just unfolding just as he said it was. You know, we don't always understand God's plan, do we? We don't always uh, know uh, how to connect the dots. And it is frustrating when you try to connect the dots and uh, you just can't come to any conclusion. Uh, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs and he wrote to his son. Do you know that? Uh, We see observations in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to use a proverb Uh, tonight for a springboard into Psalm 27 and it's one of the Proverbs I I remember every summer I would preach to our young adults and uh, I would preach through the book of Proverbs. I did that about seven years in a row so every week I would preach a proverb to our young adults and one of the uh, proverbs uh, that I taught was Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. If you have your pen you could write this down Solomon spoke to this idea or this thought of being on hold when your desires are delayed. And he says this He says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When the Lord Jesus Christ touches down on the Mount of Olives, it's going to be. A wonderful time. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells us that all creation is groaning, right? You may be groaning here tonight. We're longing to see the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to come back uh, for his people. And then one day we'll come together. And that's a wonderful thing. The word deferred, if you notice uh, as I read this verse, hope deferred, make it the heart sick. Now, that word deferred means this. It means to put off, to drag out, as in a long, drawn-out process. And so you're on that phone call, and that phone call just continues to drag out, drag out, drag out, drag out again. It is the delayed expectations of our heart that Solomon is dealing with. He's speaking about the desires of our heart. And therefore, we wait for these desires to come to a conclusion, or in other words, to be fulfilled. And so we wait for it. We long for it. And we even uh, continually beg God for God to do something, for God to answer our request. My question is, what do these prolonged desires look like to you and I? What do they... Look like in your life because i know there are some prolonged desires where you haven't had the answer that you've been looking for Uh, things haven't come to a resolution the conclusion is still hidden it might be the salvation of a lost loved one a friend someone that you may have personally witnessed to some of you may have given a clear presentation of the gospel You've prayed for this individuals after many years of just being a faithful witness. Maybe it's healing. Some need healing tonight. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's spiritual healing. Maybe it's healing after a long-term battle or, or illness and maybe disease. There's been suffering. There's been hurt. There's been heartache. Maybe it's the return of a prodigal son or daughter. Maybe it's your son. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe it's those worrisome nights and you just want to see your child come back uh, to the Lord. Maybe they've gotten off the path and you're at the front door with your arms wide open. Lord, when? When will they return? We've prayed. Maybe it's a job or career. After many search attempts, many interviews, You just want to see uh, God's perfect will in this situation. Maybe it's finding your niche or place in life. It could be deliverance from something that has given you a lot of trouble. And so we have desires. And these desires are sometimes put on hold. And so we wait. We wait. Let me just say something about that. The problem is that we are conditioned to do anything but wait as Americans. We have everything at the touch of a fingertip to hit a button, to have things expedited, to have our Amazon Prime at the front door when we want it. We have other people do our grocery grocery shopping, and we click a button, we click our items, and it's at our door. We have technology, which hasn't made everything better. You understand that. But we find, we, we find ourselves conditioned to have what we want, what we need at our disposal, just like that. If you look at Psalm 27, I want to read this chapter. Is that okay? Psalm 27. I was going to do it anyway, <laughs> even if I didn't have your permission. And I think it'll be a blessing to you. I read this week of a missionary uh, in Israel praying this psalm to the recent invasion of Hamas and the unspeakable acts being committed. And he said he was continually finding shelter uh, with, with different believers. And they were praying uh, Psalm 27. It says, "'The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid?' When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek thou my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed, to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What a great psalm. If you notice that last psalm there, that last verse, verse 14. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. My question is this, why are we, why is the command to wait followed up by those words, be of good courage? Wait, my child, wait, believer, wait, Christian, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. I think sometimes when our expectations are delayed, especially long lengths of time, long period of time, right? We're just waiting, we're waiting, and it's not days going by or months going by. For some of us, it's years going by, and we're looking for the answer, and we have this expectation, and we begin to experience disappointment. Sometimes it's disillusionment. Uh, Sometimes it's loss of hope. Sometimes our hopes are crushed because we have not seen the answer that we are looking for. In fact, sometimes we wonder Has God forgotten to be God? Has God forgotten about me? Has God forgotten about our family? And so it says, Be of good courage. And you know what I believe the psalmist is saying here? Waiting is a part of life. Listen, be of good courage because guess what, mister? Guess what, missus? You're going to wait. You're going to do some waiting. And I believe that waiting is a tool that God uses and it's a tool that I hate. I don't like it. But you know what? God is right. And God is good and God will not forsake His own. Another question I have here is, what do we have our faith in? Is it a roll of the dice? Uh, we say things such as, well, my luck is run out. No, no, no. David said, wait on the Lord. And this means that waiting is a matter of trust, not in the outcome but in the one who controls the outcome. We can't control much living on this earth. We can't control much living in these bodies. We pretend that we are in control, and that control is just an illusion. And so why don't we just give it to God and trust that His way is the best way? We don't understand you know, God's plan, and maybe waiting for us is avoiding danger ahead. God holding us back from maybe uh, indecisive decisions, uh, decisions of idiocracy and stupidity. Just hold on, rethink this, meditate a little bit, right? Sometimes we jump the gun on things. But you know what? David said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Again, I say, wait. Wait on God. Isaiah 60, uh, 19 through 22. I'll read uh, one verse from that that chapter. Isaiah 60, verse 22. If you have a pen, it encourages us to trust God during all times. And it says this, a little one shall become a thousand and a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Listen to those words. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. So, in its time, the Lord says, Listen, I will hasten it. In other words, he's saying to his people, in the middle of uh, consequences, uh, the, the effect of sin, their own sin, their own misery. Uh, their own uh, trespassing, stepping over that line that God had established. He's saying this, trust in me, I'm going to bring about an end to all of this. In fact, he says, I'm going to restore you unto myself. And let me capture a few words in this verse. It's the words, his time. His time. His time, not our time. Uh, Not the people that he was writing to, not their time, but God's time. I will do it, now listen to this, in the appropriate time, the proper time. The sense is that this will be done at the proper time. In fact, if you were to look at Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4, there's a phrase that says, in the fullness of time. You know what that means? It means it's God's timing when he chooses to do what he does. Because guess what? He is God, and we are not, and we don't always understand. But we are commanded to wait on him, and waiting involves trust. I'm not trusting the outcome. I'm trusting in the one who controls the outcome. You know, you could find a lot about yourself while you wait. Why your hope is deferred. Can I give you a few examples? Okay, so you're, you might be in the waiting room tonight. Right? Have you been to a waiting room as of late? Right? Some of those senior citizens, I've been there. <laughs> I've, I've done that. Right? And uh, think about this. Think about, um, when you're in that waiting room, when you're in that time of waiting, when hope is deferred, um, it may expose some things about you. It may bring some things in your life that you wouldn't like to admit or even see, except you went through this waiting period. It might expose doubt. It might expose unbelief. You say, "Do you have an example of that?" I do. In fact, uh, Exodus 32, Moses was up on Mount Sinai. And Moses is speaking to the Lord. It's either his sixth or seventh ascent. And so he's up there, he's speaking to the Lord. Uh, We have Joshua, right? He's kind of midway there on the mountain. And then you have Aaron, and you have Aaron with all of the people. And it took a long time for Moses to come down that mountain, didn't it? right? He's up there. uh, The people get anxious. They ask Aaron to make them a statue that symbolized the gods that they heard about, these idols. And instead of waiting for the advice from the God that had rescued them, the God who just performed all these miracles, the God who delivered them through the exodus, instead of trusting him, they said, Aaron, Listen, we're going to throw in our bracelets and our earrings and guess what? We're going to make this fatted calf and guess what we're going to do? We are going to worship it. This is the God that had rescued them. Their doubts caused them to look elsewhere at this moment of time for hope. Think about that. Uh, think about how fragile lives are, right? Come, come on now right? I mean, just one uh, gush of wind to blow us in another direction, right? I mean, these, these people saw God do some things firsthand that we won't see in a lifetime. And just in a delay, their focus was off. And now they're turning their hope to some idol. How about that? Because Moses delayed. And here he is interceding for the people. In fact, exchanging his life for the people's life. And so, it may expose your doubts and unbelief while you wait. Be careful of that. I think a second thing, it can cause you to step off God's path. You go back to the very first book of the Bible, you look at the book of Genesis. Right? The book of origins. And you see in the book of Genesis, um, chapter 15, God makes a promise to a man by the name of Abraham. And he says, Abraham, listen, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you a great nation. I'm going to curse them that curse you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. Thank God that we could continue to pray for Israel and bless those people. I want to be on the side of God. How about you? And so he said, you're going to have many descendants starting from a son. If you go a chapter ahead, the Genesis chapter 16, Abraham's wife, Sarai, let unbelief spring up in her heart. Unbelief begins to uh, grow in, in her heart. She hadn't become with a a child yet. She's not pregnant. And so she thought of her own plan instead of waiting on God's. And guess what? Sarah has this million-dollar idea. Maybe her maidservant Hagar could bring about this prophecy. Hagar did become with a child. But the prophecy remained unfulfilled. Her plan... Her million-dollar idea did work. It didn't come to fruition. In fact, Hagar and Sarah, there was a lot of hostility that had grown between them and Abraham. And more years went by, and Abraham's unbelief grew along with his wife. Could you imagine having a, a child up in age as a senior citizen? This is what they were trusting God for. But more years went by and Abraham's unbelief grew along with his wife's and God reconfirms his commitment. I love that. Listen, remember what I told you? Do you remember when I, I took you aside and I spoke to you? I didn't forget about you. I didn't forget about my plan. I'm going to fulfill what I promised to do. Abraham and Sarah would indeed bear a son. And they would begin a long line of descendants. You look at Hagar, you look at that situation. In fact, that's why we have conflict in the Middle East today. And so, listen to this. It can cause us to step off God's path, can it? When we're waiting, when we're in the waiting room, uh, a third thing would be this: First Samuel, in First Samuel, Hannah. Remember Hannah, Penina, Elkanah, right? She desires a son. One of the things that I love about that story is that Eli, the priest, sees Hannah praying to God, and I mean, she probably prayed like no other. I mean, she has anguish, and she has bitterness, and man, she has this great desire to be fulfilled that she would just bear a boy. She'd have a son. And so she's praying out to God. And Eli thinks she's drunk, right? He's probably a priest who's never seen praying like that before. Man, look at this woman, uh, right? She's tipsy. She had had too many. Uh, drinks, huh? but she's calling out to God. And she's praying and she's believing that God is going to answer her prayer and, 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 and He's hearing those words and hearing her voice. By the way, when you pray, listen, God hears. Amen. And God answers. Amen. Sometimes it's not the answer we want or the timing in which we want it. But He does. And you know what? God gave Hannah a son. His name was Samuel. I think about this. We're waiting. Allow it to lead you to the one who has all the answers. No one in the household had an answer for Hannah. But Hannah went to the one with all the answers. So what, what should we do when we wait? What should we do when we wait? Let me give you a few thoughts, okay, tonight. First... Smile. Say, what? Smile? And next to that, you could put, be joyful. Now, I don't always smile because my teeth are crooked. But you know what? We ought to smile. The world is watching us. People are watching us. They ought to see something that is deeper and greater than what they have. And that is joy. Joy. Uh, joy is not something you can buy on the shelf. Happiness is something you could buy on the shelf, right? If I had that million-dollar check, I don't know if I would give that to the lot of love. I might have a new car, a new boat, right? A new house. Well, in this economy, maybe not. A million dollars doesn't get you too far today. But, you know, we... We can buy happiness, and that's just a temporary fix, isn't it? But joy. I think about this, there should be no wasted moments for the believer. When we're in God's waiting room, there is still life, and there is still purpose. There's no idle time on God's end, and shouldn't be idle time on our end. The Bible says this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Where's your strength lie? Joy. Where do I get joy? Joy is rooted in Jesus. Get close to joy or, or Jesus, and guess what? You're going to get joy. The Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. And you know what? Sometimes we get a little piece of heaven here on earth, and we get that joy, and that's just a minuscule of what we're going to get one day in heaven. And so joy, smile, be joyful. Circumstances may be at a standstill and things may not be moving on as we would want, but we can still enjoy life. We can enjoy life in the parameters and the boundaries of God's perfect will. And so smile, be joyful. God is up to something. Second thing would be this. Seek, seek. And be hopeful. I don't always like alliteration, but I'm doing that tonight. Seek. Be hopeful. It's interesting that in our realm, it's difficult in the waiting room. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Um, We get antsy. If you ever sat in a waiting room and you're just waiting for them to call your name, you're waiting for them to see you, you're waiting for them to uh, resolve whatever issue, whether you're at the dentist or the doctor. Now, when I'm at the dentist, I'm okay with them not calling me. I don't want to see the dentist. The doctor's not so bad. But sometimes when we're in the waiting room, we, we do tend to get frustrated. Um, we get bored. Uh, what should we do when we don't know what to do? How about seek him? Amen. How about seek him? Seek Him, and He shall be found. Pastors preached a message many times. On what you seek is what you will find. Listen, you think the God of this world would say to somebody who is wholeheartedly, fervently seeking Him, sorry you missed me. Sorry you went right by me. Sorry you didn't... No, that's not how the God... God of this world, works. God is a God of grace and love. And some of your salvation testimonies, you remember you were looking for something that was higher than you, something greater than you, something that could satisfy you that you couldn't satisfy in yourself. Right? In fact, the testimony of our own family, my mom and I, we were looking for something that was Beyond us. And guess what? God had planted a church in southwest Philadelphia where people reached us with the gospel, the good news. Listen, seek and be hopeful. Usually we're looking for answers in the waiting room, but we need to just look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, if He saved you, He could sustain you, right? He could satisfy you. He can get you through this trial that you're going through and experiencing right now. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. And then stay. Stay. Be rational. And this one is personally for me. Be rational. Have you watched someone have to wait who doesn't like waiting? I talk about my father-in-law tonight, but he's in the room. <laughs> I love him. Amen. I remember us coming back from Israel for a, I mean, just a long trip, a great trip. A tra- trip that, I mean, my wife and I our family will never forget. And I remember waiting at that airport line because we wanted to get back to home. Nothing like home sweet home. And there's nothing like the pastor, the representative of the church, go into that counter, that front counter, and saying these words, Am I invisible? <laughs> and we all felt what he said, because we were waiting. And waiting, it's tough at times. Sometimes you find yourself, when you're waiting, uh, you're kicking, you're screaming, you're complaining, you're wondering. We sometimes wonder what God is up to, but please make sure, now listen to this, that your wondering doesn't become wavering. Right? James chapter 1 talks about that. Right? Don't get tossed to and fro. Stay in the Word of God. Stay on your knees praying and begging God and seeking His face. Sometimes we go from, God, what are you doing in my life? To God, must have forgotten about me. Maybe we even believe that God has forsaken us. Have you ever heard of the term staying power? Ever read leadership books and you hear those words staying power? The dictionary defines it as the ability to maintain an activity or commitment despite fatigue or difficulty, stamina, with stamina. I think this, we need more Christians today with staying power. Staying power. The, the you know, I'm not going to put out the white flag. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel. And so again, be rational. Be rational as you're staying, as you're waiting. Be rational. Don't force things and allow God to work everything out. Listen, this is a piece of your life when you are waiting. And guess what? We aren't guaranteed much life. Right? Life is a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. And so... During this time, listen, it's a time to grow. It's a time to learn. It's a time to seek. It's a time for closeness to God. A friend of mine wrote this not long ago. He said, the only thing more painful than waiting on God is wishing you you had waited on God. Listen to that again. The only thing more painful than waiting on God is wishing you had waited on God. Don't get ahead of them. Don't try to manufacture your own thing. God's plan is always worth the wait. The writer of Hebrews said to run with patience. The race set before us. And so the conclusion tonight is this. As Isaiah said, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And so trust God today with the timing in your life. Psalm 27, 4, again, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Imagine this, there'll be a day when there's no more waiting. Think about that. This life is a drop in the bucket compared to the life to come. We won't have to wait anymore. No more lines no more traffic, right? No more scratching our heads, wonder, wondering. Someday our faith will be sight and we'll see our Savior face yep. to face. Amen. And so, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Amen? Yep. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that it doesn't return void. We thankful that it influences lives and helps change us from the inside out. And I pray this week that you would help everyone under the sound of my voice in this place. Uh, Lord, help me as we live uh, this, this, this journey called life. As we go on this journey, may we. Just wait on your timing, your plans. And God, help us not to miss the opportunities ahead of us. I pray this week that you put us in contact with maybe those who need to hear the gospel. I pray, God, for just uh, the weeks coming, for the fall festival, that you bless it. God, that you would continue to add to uh, this uh, wonderful church. And God, I pray that you be glorified Uh, through our lives. We ask this in your name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store.